Hey, this is Nick Romolini. Welcome to the no longer entirely blank page. My neighbors must think I'm out of my fucking mind. Um, if I lived next door to me, I would fucking hate me. I mean, really. Like, <laughs> there's a guy who lives down the street and he has like a loud ass motorcycle and I'm infuriated every single time he drives up and down the street. It's loud and he plays music loudly from it. And he's like this really sweet guy who I get along with. He always has been kind to us when he's seen us in the neighborhood. Unlike, you know, the standard operating procedure for most people in Los Angeles. But I think about how I feel about him which is that I really like him genuinely, but that he infuriates me with the loudness of his shit. And then I think about how my neighbors must feel about me. And like, I talk loudly and I'm often on the phone having loud ranting conversations. Like this morning, for example, I was working in the garage and I was just playing 50 cent and it was like, it was like 9:30 AM and I was blasting 50 cent and like, I don't know. I try to be like thoughtful. I'm not like a dickhead about it, you know, but like just the loudness I would imagine is problematic. We live right next door to an apartment building and there's eight apartments on that. Their windows face our very long driveway and our house and just the loudness of everything must be crazy. I mean, it's to the point that one of the neighbors, instead of reaching out to say anything, taped a sign up into her window. It was like, uh, people are working here. Please keep the noise down. Something, 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 which we kind of found. Um, it's not hilarious, but like you could have just like came over and said something. It's just super passive aggressive. So I had to have a conversation with the manager of the building to be like, yo, she's now putting a Bluetooth speaker at her window with a high pitched buzzing sound whenever my children are playing outside at like 6 p.m. And like we live in a house and we have children and they're going to be outside playing. So you're going to need to straighten this out. And he straightened it out. Anyway, so that 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 that, that kind of loses the track of things because like I started by kind of being like I'm an asshole to live next to, but I'm really not. I mean, I'm I try to be respectful as much as possible, but you know, I'll be out in a wife beater in a gold chain yelling on the phone to somebody and they must think I'm out of my fucking minds, like all these, you know, Midwestern transplants or whatever. I don't I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that anymore. Of course, I'm talking about the term wife beater. But then it's like, wait, if my people popularized this piece of clothing and then society decided that my people were wife beaters. And of course, when I say my people, I mean Italian-Americans. So my dad, who had an entire armoire of these shirts when I was growing up, is suddenly lumped into the category of violent wife beaters. Okay. And now we've decided that we can't use that term anymore to describe that piece of clothing. Isn't it like ours to choose whether we get to say it or not anymore? I don't know. Here I go canceling myself again. <laughs> to be clear, though, all this loudness takes place during the day. We're never loud after hours. We're never obnoxious, like in a way that would affect someone's quality of life. 
I mean, I think the sort of work from home revolution has maybe amplified my loud impact on others. But like, like I remember the neighbors on the other side of us from like years back before they moved out, they had this raging party one night until like five, six o'clock in the morning. And our bedroom is like three feet from their yard and they were just partying all night. And that like, it only happened once, but it was egregious and we've never done anything like that. But I do imagine that these people look over into my driveway or hear me and must think, Oh, the deranged guy who lives next door, just the loudness of me and a very gregarious, nearly seven year old and a two year old must be absolutely crazy making. If you're just a normal, quiet, reserved person trying to live their life in their apartment next door to us. So, and I'll, I'll get back to this later, but you know, I think one of the things that I want to talk about is like, I really do want to act and I do want to direct movies and I absolutely want to have my own TV show, but I'm trying to be like right now, what do I actually have time for? And like, I, completely understand how demanding it is to be a filmmaker and so like until i'm doing this like this podcasting writing thing full time i'm kind of like i need to still work my you know 40 hours a week job cutting video and stuff so it's like where can i feasibly put my energy while while I'm remaining, you know, a supportive and available husband and father, like all the things that are really important to me, because being a good and present and available dad is really important. So I'm not going to be out there fucking auditioning every day and being like, oh, yeah, I'll work 10 hours a week editing this week. You know, Sam shoulder the load of everything. So I think that's kind of like why I'm trying to put so much energy into this right now, because it doesn't demand a huge amount of my time. And I can do it on my own terms and in my own time frame. So that's why I'm trying to like focus so much right now on this like prose writing and this podcasting thing. And thanks everybody who's listening. I, I do appreciate it. But it's like, you know, writing is the slow game. And I didn't really realize that until I started submitting. I mean, really, I didn't realize it until I started talking to this writing professor who has been gracious enough to help me out recently. But so I wrote these two essays and I started submitting them to journals. And one of the journals said to allow up to six months for a response, like six months for them to say, no, nah, fuck off. Or, yeah, we're going to publish you. And that's why I have to just constantly keep writing, because if I just had one piece that I was submitting and then I was like sitting on my hands waiting for them to respond for months, like I would refresh that submission status page to the point of carpal tunnel, basically. And like. It reminds me of when I made my short film Cream like six or seven years ago. And um, it was the only thing that I'd really made in a while. And I mean, I had made some like smaller sketches and stuff that we just uploaded to YouTube. But it was the only thing that I was like, here's the thing. I made this thing. Look, I can write. I can direct like whatever. And <laughs> I literally submitted it to Tribeca film festival because I was like surely Tribeca will remember that I edited that documentary a few years ago that won the audience award and like I'll coast on my name alone didn't get in and I submitted to I think South by Southwest didn't get in so I submitted to literally two places and then 
after I didn't get in, I just like completely dismissed both the fact that I ever even made this short and that I should even consider making another one like at any point, anytime soon. And like, to be fair, it was super time consuming and I had a one year old at the time and all those things. But I also was like, <laughs> you know, that rejection from two places and, and not putting it out any more than that. I was like, well, clearly the piece itself is garbage and I'm obviously a garbage human. So anyway, I'm trying to do things a little bit differently now and like not let either the lack of feedback, you know, could take up to six months or the possible negative feedback, like keep me chained up. So I'm just writing as much as I possibly can. And I'm trying to crank out these podcasts and like just grow this thing. And hopefully like more people will want to listen, you know, as opposed to like getting all like fucking sullen and morose and complaining and, you know, making myself even more insufferable to live with, which will certainly be a topic of another episode. I can't fucking imagine how excruciating it is to live with me, this manic energy. Anyway, so the thing that I kind of want to talk about today is um, people in Los Angeles and how they drive me fucking crazy. And like, I'm the type of person that will just say hi to everybody. And so I kind of like have the expectation that, you know, you, you'll make eye contact and then say hello. But here it doesn't always work out that way. And so I mentioned the, you know, living next door to the apartment building and we have a sliding, like a rolling gate that closes our driveway. And right at the end of where the gate closes is one of the entrances to the yard of the apartment building. And so very often when I'm closing the gate, someone will be entering or exiting the apartment building. I think there's like 16 total apartments over there. The lengths that people will go in this city to avoid eye contact to avoid any sort of human interaction is fucking astounding to me and like i've gone full circle with this where there was a time when i would just say hello to everybody and then there was this long period where i became so angry and bitter that i just stopped saying hi to anybody and now it's like come back and i'm like oh, I'm absolutely just going to say hi and smile to every single person that I see because that's what feels right to me. And so whether they will respond with kindness or not, I can't control, but at least I can control the fact that I put myself out there in a way that I want other human beings to treat me. And like, it's, it's not even that they're always buried in their phones. Cause a lot of times when people are coming and going from the apartment building next door, like they're not on a phone, they just had to open the gate or whatever, you know? So I don't, I, I can't really wrap my head around. Like, is this just like a generational thing? Is this just like, we've gotten so deep into technology and disconnected from like actual in-person human connection that when it actually comes in person with a stranger, it's just like so surprising, almost to the point of like offense and like fear. Like, I, I really don't know, but it drives me absolutely fucking crazy. I try to go on this hike a couple days a week and I try to say hi to everybody. Now, granted, I understand that like when you're in exercise mode, you know, smiling and being like, hi, might not be like the first thing that's on your mind. But like, if you're just walking up and down the hill and we're like about to see and pass each other for like a prolonged period of time, like you can say hi, like you can look up from your phone or you can look up. There was literally a woman who just looked at her shoelaces for like the 
I don't know, 20 seconds between as we were approaching each other to pass and after we passed each other. And I still said hi to, to no response. And that's fine. That's fine. Um, and like, I don't know, I guess people value just like, you know, not interacting with other people or people are shy or whatever it is. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I, I guess it's important for me to have compassion, empathy and understanding and not take everything so personally. But it fucking pisses me off when you're encountering another human being and they're specifically ignoring you fucking drives me crazy so of course in my neuroses all of this just makes me wonder like is this about me do the neighbors not say hi specifically because i am who i am do these hikers like is there something the fuck wrong with like my energy that is alarming or whatever but like but like it happens with people walking down the street too it's like everywhere in LA it's just so hard to say hi to somebody it's fucking crazy but it could be me too so so there's this guy <laughs> and now I should also say that like I think part of this is being a Philly to LA transplant because Everybody in Philly is up everybody's ass at all times, in my opinion. Like I've been to, I've been to like restaurants and had a waitress comment on the clothes I was wearing in like a, oh, that's the shirt you're choosing to wear. Like there's no fucking boundaries in that place. And so like, just like the craziest shit that you wouldn't ever dream of having somebody say to you, they'll say to you there, which to be clear is something I find extraordinarily endearing and wildly repulsing at the same time no judgment of it either way but here it's kind of like the diametric opposite so anyway so i'm always looking for connection to like to my philly people you know because la can be like such a lonely and isolating place that whenever i'm like see someone from the east coast or the northeast i'm like yo what's up you know we have common ground and I think we have some shorthand that's certainly been the case with almost every single person that I've met out here that's from you know the the sort of greater northeast region Philly New York whatever that is which I have a lot to say about Philly and New York that I won't get into right now but that'll be another topic for another day but anyway so walking my kid to school every day and at one point, I noticed that there's this one guy who's like semi-frequently wearing some sort of Philadelphia sports apparel. I think he was wearing maybe an Eagles shirt or an Eagles hat on a couple of different occasions. So this, this is last year, last school year, like sometime maybe like April or May. And, you know, with the fucking COVID and the masks and everything, it's just been isolating. It's been hard to connect. And I was like, oh, well, here's an opportunity to connect. And so one day I saw him wearing his shirt and we were like passing by or it might have been that we were standing together while our kids were going into school. And I was like, what's up, man? You're from Philly. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm from uh, oh, outside the city. You know, I'm from, uh, you know, Kennett Square or whatever. And I was like, cool, man. Yeah, I'm from I'm from Upper Darby originally. And the conversation just like died immediately. Like I could tell that he didn't want me to talk to him in the first place. I could tell that he wasn't interested in engaging and just like fucking died right away. And I was like, oh, cool, man. Well, I'll see you around or whatever. And I just and I left. Now, our kids still go to the same school and I see him 
nearly every single day. And he's now become one of the people who won't look at me, like averts his eyes when we're about to pass each other. And I've talked to my wife about this and she's like, well, you know, you could be just being sensitive to it. And like, you don't know other people are just shy or they don't know how to say hello or whatever. And I was like, no, this guy fucking hates me and he refuses to talk to me. And I don't know why, but he has a personal vendetta against me. and It's pissing me off a little bit. So anyway, this is where I am right now. I pass this guy every single day. He refuses to say hello to me. I saw him last Friday which was the last day of school before, I guess, the Eagles season opener. And he was wearing an Eagles t-shirt and an Eagles hat. And I fucking wanted to be like, yo, man, go birds or whatever. Say some shit, you know? And I just didn't because I now feel so dejected and anxious about this interaction with this person that I don't know if I ever want to try to engage with him again. And that fucking sucks. So that's the story about the guy from Philly who lives in L.A. and refuses to engage with me. I'm going to keep doing these guys. So if you like it, subscribe. Thank you so much for your time.